0: Hello, everybody. This is the great Johannes speaking again. And boy, do I have a topic for you today. I'm going to talk about uh, IQ, intelligence and the sort of societies you get from that, depending on how smart your population really is. As usual, I'm live on TikTok and I will repost this video onto YouTube and subscribe to my newsletter at www.jmk.info. I was just trying to set up some radio music on uh, uh, from playing from YouTube normally I play a YouTube radio station and today YouTube gave me this warning on my desktop computer that I can't use YouTube anymore with an ad blocker I use you uh, block origin normally and uh, I can't use it anymore so I immediately quit using YouTube for streaming music I just play some other playlists now from some website you know what this really means these these kinds of changes look at Facebook look at uh, Look at, for example, uh, YouTube and uh, and so on. The American social media is dying, man. They're dying, and they're trying to do whatever they can to clutch onto you know the last few drops of profit that they that they can squeeze out of people, right? But it's not normal. Uh, these companies are going down, and that has a tremendous impact. You know, Twitter X went from being a uh, you know super liberal. Uh, deep state website to basically a true f- free speech platform under Elon Musk though there's some limitations right you can't be anti-semitic right but it shows you that they lost Twitter the deep state right the US they lost Twitter they're losing Facebook because it's just full of advertising now nobody uses it anymore right Instagram who uses Instagram anymore people use Instagram only for messaging for DMing each other right and uh, also uh, so YouTube is dying I will post my longer videos, these ones that are up to an hour or so. I'll post them onto my YouTube channel, and I do have some viewers there. But the majority of the people I interact with is on TikTok nowadays. Right? I get so much reach on TikTok. Some of my videos they get watched like a million times, right, or half a million times, all right And it's not rare for me to have like videos watched fifty thousand times. So, you know, for people coming in. I'm going to talk about uh, IQ intelligence and what it does to a society. If you want to ask me some questions, then I go ahead. You know? So IQ is destiny. I put it on screen here. I happen to have written, written several articles on the matter of IQ. I just want to go over them and basically review what I wrote several years ago, maybe a year ago or two years ago. And then, uh, I don't know, Let's let's figure this out. But before I start, I want to ask you a question. The sort of people who win Nobel Prizes, and I don't mean the Nobel Peace Prize because anybody can win that, but the sort of people who win Nobel Prizes, how smart do you think they are? Or other, or otherwise, how smart do you think you have to be in order to win the Nobel Prize? Mm. What's the range here in terms of IQ? Mm. IQ, the intelligence quotient, right, refers to a certain standardized test. Lots of people complain that it's not, uh, that it's not culture-free, it's uh, like a white supremacist test or something, but it's not. Most IQ tests taken nowadays are culture-free tests. That means if you do poorly on them, it just means you're dumb. It doesn't mean you're a victim of oppression, right? And so the IQ test scores of the Nobel Prize winners ranges from 145 to 160, but not over 160. And there's also some disparity here between the writers, the the literary prize winners, like the Nobel Prize for Literature, for example. These people have IQs of around 145, whereas the physicists tend to be the smartest Nobel Prize winners with IQs near uh, near or around 160. Okay, but what about the people who are smarter than that? People with IQs over 160, what do they do, right? Uh, And what about people with very low IQs? If you have an IQ below 75, It turns out you probably have will have trouble using a microwave. For example, using the defrost option on a microwave or determining what exactly is half a glass or a third of a glass, for example, is something that's very difficult to do with for people with low IQs, because what does the IQ really measure? One might argue that a high IQ measures your ability to work in a corporate office in the USA, but it involves solving abstract, complicated problems. And it is usually the abstraction that is, uh, uh, the difficult part. People with low IQs cannot envision or imagine abstractions. They can only see what is in front of them and they, they really don't have that much, um, inv- uh, imagination basically to see otherwise. Um, why does this matter? So if you have a very low IQ below 75 or 85. You can't really be expected to be part of modern civilization because you constantly need supervision. You need to be told what to do, right? when to do it, how to do it. And you probably need a supervisor there you know, to constantly tell you that you're not doing it right. right? <laughs> I, so some guy, uh, I get some uh, comments and like Harry Kinnear says, I love this guy just sitting out on TikTok live stream talking about IQs with a class of... <laughs> yeah well you know cheers you know uh i just want to dive deep into these topics because tiktok live seems to be one of the very few places where i can speak my mind freely without constantly being reported and banned and so on well you know knock it off uh we'll see about that yeah love the hat yeah this is the fedora hat basically it's the one indiana jones has but i got a black one so that's the difference you know i started wearing it recently and i already feel naked without a hat like I normally don't wear a hat indoors, you know, I wear it normally for outside and for podcasts because this is a bit of a public idea. You're supposed to wear a hat in public spaces, not in private spaces or not in your house, not in your, not at the office, not at a swimming pool because you buy a ticket to enter, right? But you will wear a hat when you go shopping or when you're uh, technically when you're, when you're using public transportation and things like that. You know? So uh, yeah, people love the hat, so do I. Said why. So like I was talking about IQ and differences and in intelligence and it turns out Nobel Prize winners have IQs between 145 and 160, excluding, of course, uh, Nobel Peace Prize winners, because they don't count. Bring back the hat. Exactly. I mean, definitely it is my goal to promote hat wearing. So that's why I wear it. Uh, I made a video about this where I explained the reason why men stopped wearing hats is probably because we started driving cars and the low aerodynamic car ceilings they crush our hats so we quit wearing hats altogether and I think uh, if you're not driving a car often then just go and get a hat you can get one of those stove pipes you know those top hats or something else or whatever you want you know but bring back hat wearing make men without hats feel naked in the streets you know for for Nobel, Par- Nobel Prize winners the IQ range was between 145 and 160. That's between the third and the fourth standard deviation, if a standard deviation is 15 points. And so these Nobel Prize winners, the smartest ones happen to be the physicists, and the less smart ones, the the writers, they still have IQs of around 145. So you need to be quite smart to win the Nobel Prize. You know, um, maybe affirmative action will change this, and they're going to start giving Nobel Prizes to every random dumbass, as they do with the Nobel Peace Prize, but we'll see about that. Taking an IQ, IQ test is basically go to the Mensa organization. They have a standardized test. That's the official one. Because all, all the stuff you do online with retakes until you score high, all of that is fake. You got to do it, um, for example, the Mensa test, you're only allowed to take it once a year. So you can't just keep doing it until you do well. You do it once a year and then you show you show your merit. You show how smart you are. So I wanted to talk about, okay, the average IQ of a population of people that you are trying to build a society with obviously matters, right? So I wrote this article one or two years ago already. Maybe I'll just go over it and comment on it. What I Because I wrote the article before, but that doesn't mean I still agree with everything. Maybe I'll have different opinions now. Yeah? If you're new here, I'm gonna post this to my YouTube channel as well at uh, the great Johannes, that's my username there. So that's why you will find all my longer videos. They don't fit on TikTok, right? Let me turn this on a little bit. Why would people take it more than once if not possible to raise your IQ? Oh, well, memory, right? If you, if you know how to do the test, you will do better the next time you take the test, right? So, let's start off with a bold statement. A people's average cognitive ability determines what type of society it can uphold. Based on a people's cognitive ability, I identify three main types of societies. free societies, like the ones we have in the West. Despotic societies, that would be China, Russia, and hunter-gatherer societies. And uh, one exemption, high cognitive networks. I think I suppose I need to like immediately clarify something. We always say that Chinese people are smarter than us, right? And the IQ test proved us. But the thing is, rural Chinese people never, they don't take IQ tests. They send their smart students to take the IQ test, so obviously they do do better. Right? Imagine we would only send our uh, university people to take IQ tests, right? Then we would do very well as well. You need to look at the large body of the population. What are they really like? You know. Yeah, colleges are oversaturated with slightly above-average IQ, yeah. You know, IQs at universities and so on, they dropped, right? It used to be like over 130 for universities. Now it's like down to 115. It's like a full standard deviation for two reasons. They allowed many more people to go to university, like the working classes and so on are allowed to send their kids. They get funding, right? You get like tuition, whatever, someone pays for it, Uh, student loans. It's become a bit of a scam. Higher education really is now a cargo cult. It's just a scam where you buy your way into having a fancy diploma, but it's not worth the same thing that it used to be anymore, you know? So free societies, which I call those societies where the people have an average IQ between 90 to 110, which would include most Western European and also uh, USA, Canada, and so on, New Zealand, right? If the people's average, if the people's IQ average between a 90 to 110, you may have a free market economy. It requires people to think and act for themselves to a large degree. Citizens are considered independent actors here, meaning they are uh, you know, bequeathed with responsibility, personal responsibility. On the low end of the cognitive spectrum, people are educated to fit in. So you, you that's what education is really for, by the way. Education is to train you to basically fit in with the rest of society at the higher end people may sort things out for themselves They can do their own research a general sense of freedom permeates every aspect of life People are not expected to sit around waiting to be told what to do They are expected to be proactive start a business or study to apply for a job as Ronald Reagan said don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Someone said that it actually was Kennedy who said this. I'm not sure if Ronald Reagan repeated it or why I, why I think Reagan said it. Citizens are held responsible for their actions in a free society. People have little trouble reflecting upon themselves and they can help each other solve each other's problems without needing a strong arm of the government to step in. A guiding doctrine such as uh, a constitution suffices But it does not tell people how to live. Like the Ten Commandments in the Bible, for example, they give you a bunch of rules, but it's just Ten Commandments. They don't tell you how to live your day to day life. Someone says they also think it was Kennedy who said that, yeah, maybe true. So examples of free societies include most Western nations, such as Germany, the USA, Spain, and to some extent, certain East Asian nations, if indeed the IQ is what they say it is. But then what if your people on average doesn't have that high of an iq what if your people have iqs between 70 to 90. that is uh, according to the to the dutch definition of uh, mental retardation anybody with an iq below 75 say 70 to between 70 and 80 is slightly mentally retarded so you're you're dealing with uh, we're going to look at societies that cannot do what we do in the West. They cannot have free market economies. They cannot have democracies. They need a despot who commands the people what they must do or else they will be beheaded, right? That's how brutal it is. Raymond Reddington vibes, I'm gonna look him up, okay. If a people's IQ averages between 70 to 90, we find ourselves in a very rigid authority-based system, authoritarianism. The government tends to come in the the form of an unchanging belief system, say hardcore fundamentalist religions for example. People have to be told what to do and are not expected to act on their own merit, nor are people held responsible for their actions. There is no concept of personal responsibility if you are always told what to do. Nevertheless, people are severely punished for stepping out of line. This is like Sharia punishment, right? corporal punishment. The mantra for this society goes, do exactly what your leadership tells you to do, and don't do anything else. In many cases, the people worship an an exemplary citizen, such as a Kim Jong-un or a Mao Zedong, sorry, or a prophet whose example everyone is expected to follow, meaning you may not deviate from it and you must follow all the rules and so on. The despot himself is a low IQ person in the range of 70 to 90, though often the more intelligent ruling in elite, the intelligentsia, is really pulling the strings behind the scenes. This is what they want for the Western world. Why do you think they're bringing in all these, these immigrants to the West? There's an IQ difference here, which is going to transform our free societies into despotic societies. But this is exactly what the communist intellectuals want they want a dumbed down population so they can you know, more forcibly make those people behave the way they want them to behave. It's absolutely evil. Right? It is also because of the general lack of intelligence among the people that citizens believe they are in fact superior people. So this is the Dunning-Kruger effect. That's what I mean. They They think they are the best even though they're not. Because they have trouble with self-reflection. People see flaws in others, but not in themselves. Right. Exactly. uh, to keep them in line and breeding. Someone someone comments. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what they're doing. Okay. examples of despotic societies include the Chinese inland, India, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, North Northern African nations and many Latin American nations and so on. I took these IQ scores from some website. You know, you may disagree with me, but you know, I think we can observe that it is so. It's the difference between the first world, the second world, and the third world, right? First world is free market, second world is despotic, third world is not even a society, really, technically, because that's what hunter-gatherers are really about. It may, be, it may surprise you a little bit, but in order to be successful as a hunter-gatherer, you don't need an IQ over 70. You can be actually very unintelligent, you can talk you can speak normally you can sing songs and dance but you cannot grasp abstractions at all to you everything is literal i want to give you an example of what is what is it like to be a hunter-gatherer if you're a hunter-gatherer with an iq of 60 you you do not grasp anything abstract and you've seen a bear but the bear you saw was black and if i tell you that there are white bears living on the north pole polar bears You will say that's impossible because bears are black because you cannot imagine that another place may look differently. You cannot imagine it. You, you take everything very literally. You can call them literalists, you know? So an IQ of 40 is the lowest score possible on an official IQ test. And some nations in Africa indeed have average national IQs of below 50, which is ludicrous. Most Western Central African nations score between 50 to 70. The African-Americans are more intelligent. They have IQs over 70, around 80, 85 or so, because they they are a mix of people. They were bred with the white people, for example. They have minimum 25% white DNA anyway. So they got upgraded. These are not real societies. Hunter-gatherer societies, the tribalistic ways of life, they're not real societies. The nations imposed on the tribesmen meaning the nations imposed on them by Europeans, right? Uh, living in these areas are European inventions. Though national infrastructure now exists, many black regimes are supported by Western corporate actors who have an an interest in nation building. Sorry. At heart, most West African and Central African peoples form hunter-gatherer societies that center around one's skin, one's bloodline, meaning their loyalty is to their family and never to something abstract like a state. They don't even know what that is, you know. Blood ties determine economic interaction, meaning you deal with your family and with strangers you charge extra. Hunter gatherers do not and cannot think abstractly. They have no need for it. Both men of low and high IQ can be successful hunters. However, people who think who think like hunter-gatherers cannot hold jobs in more advanced civilizations. They will fall into poverty. We see that in London, for example, half of the subsidized housing is uh, occupied by immigrants. In Germany, 70% of the welfare recipients are immigrants. Would it have something to do with IQ? Meaning their inability of certain people to intellectually uh, you know, advance themselves. They, they are simply stuck but so will their children be. Their children will also be stuck because it's largely genetic. So they fall into poverty, they live off welfare, or end up in prison for violent and sexual crimes. Surprise, surprise, where have we heard that before? The 1350 turns out to be 1360. The Western belief that education can somehow wrong colonial injustices is a naive fantasy. I mean, right, probably. The Western belief that education can right colonial injustices is an a fantasy. Education cannot make you have a higher IQ. People with IQs of 50 to 70 cannot be educated. That's an additional problem. Hunter gatherers also feel no empathy toward people outside of their kin. They love their brothers and sisters and their moms and dads and their kids. And that's it. If they kill a stranger, they feel nothing. They don't feel responsible and they don't understand why people care. Because it's not family, they're not related, What do you care? Consequently, they do not have a concept of civilization. Since hunter-gatherers have to live in the real world, they have no need for ideological fictions nor for organized religion. Examples of hunter-gatherer societies include Mali, Guatemala, Nepal, Sierra Leone, Morocco, Congo, and so on and so forth. And we're not talking about the urbanized parts of these countries, but the rural parts of these countries. But there's an exception to all to the three societies that I mentioned, the free societies, the spolic societies, and uh, the hunter-gatherer societies is that there. what do you do with the people who are more intelligent than this who who are the sort of people who form the intelligentsia well those are the people who form together cognitive networks people with iqs over 110 tend to organize themselves in a different way so there's one more type of society that isn't really a society either they are high cognitive networks of people who crave ultimate freedom to do whatever they like to do while still being able to support each other, often unconditionally. They don't need any government or authority to tell them what to do. They can take care of themselves because they're smart enough. However, there is one major drawback to such high IQ networks, namely that they may cook up fantastical visions of a future that sooner or later prove false or fruitless. The intellectuals, right? The intellectuals make stuff up that isn't so. These people entertain fiction more than anyone else. It benefits them when the fantasies show new paths to explore in the real world. Because after all, that's what imagination is for. If you are able to see new paths in reality, then you can also pursue them. You have to imagine them first. This is what highly intelligent people can do, but what something that lowly intelligent people cannot do, and therefore they end up having to be told what to do by the people who can imagine what to say. Okay, so people of such high abilities must therefore take care to benefit the societies that are that they are embedded within as a very smart person you are supposed to serve your society that's what i mean the benefits need to be made clear lest the creative crowd becomes a target for persecution meaning if you are very smart and creative you need to show people what are you doing for them and how are they benefiting from your weird strange almost magical abilities right otherwise they may turn against you like a herd stampede's uh, a chimpanzee, for example, a herd of wildebeest may stampede a chimpanzee, right? You don't want that, right? So it's easy to accuse, accuse high cognitive cliques of parasitism since they can enjoy other people's labor without having to labor for themselves. If you're very, very smart and you know how to deal with people and you get organized, if the smart people get organized together, they may be able to exploit larger numbers of other people who are less intelligent. Examples of high cognitive network people are, for example, the Jewish diaspora, networks of academic intellectuals, cliques of highly intelligent business people, international communes for creative individuals, and I suppose also the high IQ crowd. So don't be afraid to tell me what you think about all this. Uh, If you want to write me something, I'll comment on it. Uh, This is one of the four articles I wrote on IQ on my website, um, on my Substack newsletter website, www.jmk.info. I'll show it on screen for a bit. Where is it? Uh, Here, this one. www.jmk.info. You can go there to subscribe to my newsletter for free and I'll uh, I'll post, uh, I'll send you an article once a week at most or so, right? So someone is going to Amsterdam next week. Okay, awesome. I hope you enjoy it, you yeah? <laughs> know. It's very touristy, it can be extremely crowded, but if you like busyness, you're in the right spot. Yeah? The SS was a high IQ click. Probably. All these all these large no, all these like power clicks of course have higher IQs than the general population, right? Though I'm not so sure anymore about NATO and what's going on with Zelensky, right? Zelensky is not very smart. His leaders must be. But Biden isn't, so who's, who's in charge of these people? They're puppets. They're puppets on a string. They're being ruled by, probably, I would suggest, communistic intellectuals behind the scenes in the USA who think that they can win through debating or something. Um, they're admitting it now, right? That that Ukraine is losing the war or, or has already lost it anyway. Uh, there was an article in the German newspaper Die Welt. I think it was Die Welt, yeah. Where they claim that well you know Zelensky can't win this war and whose fault is it? They're they're going to blame the USA or something. The USA will take the blame because Ukraine was always a puppet of the US since uh, Obama took over there in 2014, right? I guess this is how it works nowadays, right? No one will say that George W. Bush was uh, smart. He didn't have a high IQ, despite you know they're lying, of course. says, the red danger says Johannes I have no idea what communism means okay <laughs> I think I do it's to me communism is specifically the rule by an intellectual elite who think they know better who basically draw on the authority of science and say we know what science is we've done the science and you are all ignorant and uneducated, and we're going to teach you what, how to do it and that just leads to the most brutal totalitarian systems in human history we've seen it before you know lol zelensky walking on heels and twerk dancing in gay music video (laughs) in bds amateur yeah the guy's a puppet you know a weirdo you know but he has tons and tons of money so fierce businesswoman wants to marry me no i'm not gonna marry you so do you ever plan to get married Uh, i I plan to have a legacy i'll leave a legacy sure you know but in the meantime i've got other things to do all right, I'm going to move on to the next article. I have, let's see, which one do I want? This one or that one? Mm. All right, I'm, I'm going to start with this article. I, I titled it Three Sigmas to the East. This is the people with IQs of 145 or over, right? Here's a picture of Albert Einstein, who might not have been as smart as people say he, he is. It's possible that Einstein was a puppet of, uh, of some elite people. Who are like Zelensky basically and they just pushed certain narratives through him, namely the relativity of time. Have you heard that recently scientists so ap- apparently discovered that there's also wobbling time. Queer time, get it? Get it? First they make time relative, now they make time queer to justify queerness, right? All the universe is queer. We live in a queer universe. Ah oh, man. Someone says, I think you can guide young adults to the right cause. Yeah, that is part of my goal. I definitely want to do that. Yeah? I want to show young people you do not have to go along with the lies you are being told. If you're in school, in high school, and your teachers tell you that you have to be LGBT or this is normal and this is how it's always been. No, it's not. You know it's not. I think young people, young people instinctively know that a lot is going on. Oh, you're 18. Okay, well, there are young people watching my videos, yeah? Thanks for watching. So, about 1 in 50 people may pass the Mensa test requirements of having an IQ of 130. This means if you have an IQ of around 130, you're going to meet quite a lot of people who are like you. But at the third sigma to the right of the mean, it's 1 in 600. If you have an IQ of 145, only 1 in 600 people you meet is about as smart as you are. And at the fourth sigma, at four standard deviations, meaning at IQ 160, it's 1 in 30,000 people you are very unlikely to meet anybody else who is as smart as you are, unless you use perhaps modern communication tools like social networking to actually find the smart ones, right? And I I suppose historically, smart people could find each other at the intellectual circles around the religious affairs, for example, right? But still, if you were born in some small town, With a very high IQ, you may find other people very strange. Like, why do they do everything the way they do it? And they never question anything, right? Uh, In Dutch, we have a word which says highly gifted. We call high IQ people highly gifted, but I despise this term. The intelligent individual is rather burdened, not gifted. I prefer the phrase high cognitive person or highly burdened person, really, as HCP or as in hiccup very smart people have a hiccup. (laughs) Johannes is corrupting the youth with facts and logic. I hope to also give them some emotional drive to let them know really the young can shape their own future. You don't have to follow the rules of the old generations, certainly not when the elderly are just economically corrupt people anyway who only care about money. Maybe you have something better to care about, right? This broadcast is now, I'm talking about IQ intelligence and the effects it has on people and societies. So IQ tests measure how well one grasps visual, verbal, or numerical abstractions. But IQ doesn't necessarily equate to giftedness in any field. There are very, there are very smart people who don't know how to do anything right. Nevertheless, members of the high cognitive elite easily score in the 99.8th percentile, that's around 145 and up. For example, on any official culture fair test in a standardized, timed environment. That excludes redoing online tests until you hit a high score to boost your ego, as I mentioned at the start of this. A high cognitive person has been burdened with an extraordinary mental ability. But how do you even know you are part of any cognitive elite? I say elite, but it isn't. You might join MENSA or the Prometheus Society but the high IQ crowd rarely convenes in a while. Some professions draw in high cognitive crowd people, uh, but but most people in these professions still fall in the second to third standard deviation from 130 to 145, but not above. Besides what is the purpose of belonging to such a high cognitive elite other than feeling smug knowing that you're so much farther ahead of your slow-minded peers? Most importantly, what are you supposed to do with your ability? what's up you know yeah iq doesn't matter if you're cheating exactly so to give you a freaky example of the use of intelligence nazi leader Hermann goering allegedly scored 138 on the test before he was given the death sentence he committed suicide by cyanide arthur seyss inquart the nazi chancellor of the netherlands scored 141 and of the 21 leading nazi figures tested at the trials of nuremberg Only two scored over 140, and none over the third standard deviation, 145 and up. Architect Albert Speer, Albert Speer, scored 128. And diplomat von Ribbentrop, 129. And Navy Admiral Donitz, Hitler's later successor, briefly, 138. Oh, there's a link. I can give you the link, if it still works. Uh, Historyofyesterday.com gave me this... uh, apparently that's where it used to be or maybe the link the link died I don't know what happened uh, you have to google the results of the Nazi IQ tests, and then you'll find more about this yeah I like the hat too thank you very much hat man <laughs> so the average Nobel Prize winner oh I mentioned this before but the average Nobel Prize winner is actually more intelligent than a Nazi Nobel Prize winners score in the high 1 47 to 157 range according to one research i'll put it on screen if it's still here oh my quora quora website here i'll put it on screen for a bit so you can take a screenshot this was on quora where it shows biologists and theoretical physicists are most intelligent uh anthropologists are a bit less intelligent all right so they're in the very high range here the nobel prize these are nobel prize winners mind you I love that, yeah. Me too. Do you have any perspective about how Howard Gardner and his approach to IQ? Uh, I'll quickly Google it. I don't know everything about everything, you know. But Howard Gardner. IQ. Let me, is, he, is he known for some controversy? Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. The concept of multiple intelligences is a theory proposed by Harvard psychologist Howard Gardner, and he shows you visual, linguistic, logical, body, musical, interpersonal, interpersonal, and naturalistic. I suppose these are all aspects of IQ, but I would say very high IQ people will will also do well in all these fields at once, right? Although maybe less intelligent people can have a specialization in music or so or a specialization in naturalism, right? Or What is naturalistic? I suppose intelligence has Different sides to it. I I don't disagree with that. Still, uh, all these men, and I'm talking about the Nobel Prize winners now, were and are considerably above average in terms of their intellectual abilities. People in the 120 to 140 IQ range apparently get to overthrow nations or colonize them. They get to wage wars of conquest and subjugate peoples. The world of national politics still is not the right arena for those in the 145 plus range even if some in the very high range may proffer up the ideological justifications for this or that tyranny. intellectuals Above IQ 145, people tend to do breakthrough discoveries that few are awarded prizes for them. And many sink into obscurity, meaning very, very smart people. They can come up with really intelligent new things, but they might not be able to, to benefit from their own discoveries, basically. Some people think that having a high IQ only means you can think faster. This isn't true. There are qualitative differences. There's more to it than speed. A man with a low IQ of around 75 self-admitted that he has trouble using the defrost option on his microwave. I have a link for this. Let's see if I can watch this for a moment. Yeah. Shall we play this for a bit? I'm going to pause the radio down for a bit. Where is the radio here? Turn the radio off for a bit. Let's see what this guy has to say. This was a very interesting video. Maybe I'll just play it. Okay, so 79 to 70 IQ is borderline retarded. And this is the, what explains what borderline retarded is like Uh, limited trainability have difficulty with everyday demands, like using a phone book. So this man device. has an IQ of 75. 75. You, you can hear 20. by his speech. He's so you know, can hear he's dumb, down, right? Appliances Like a video recorder, microwave oven or computer, etc. And therefore requires assistance from relatives or social workers in the management of their affairs. Can be employed in simple tasks, but requires supervision. Right, I'm not gonna play the whole video, it's too much. I'll, I'll pause it here. Um, yeah, so he was talking about the fact he has trouble using a microwave, uh, he has trouble using computers and so on. That's what happens when you have an IQ of 75. So I'll turn back the, turn back the music on. All right, okay, like so. I don't have to go into, into his story, but let's just say people with low IQs, uh, they suffer. It's not, it's not something white supremacists made up. If you have a low IQ, you literally don't know how to use a microwave. (laughs) White females love these guys. Yeah. I wonder why, because they're like children, maybe. Okay. Someone asks, uh, do you have any perspective about spiral dynamics, developmental psychology? Uh, No, not immediately. So this, this, these kind of people, the low IQ crowd. They have trouble understanding fractions, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. Other research has shown that people with very low IQs have similar brain structures to people with Down syndrome. This suggests that people with very low IQs must also have a different brain structure. Basically, people with IQs below 70, uh, they have their brains are more similar to those of actual people with Down syndrome. Other research has rendered. Uh, uh, okay, let's describe the problem of having having a very high IQ. At an IQ of 144, barely one in 600 people you meet will be of equal or higher intelligence. You are unlikely to meet such people at a family meeting or even at student gatherings. Oftentimes, though, you will meet people who are far less intelligent than you, yet who insist they are your intellectual superiors. I slur them or I call them the IQ 102 supremacy because they're too smart, 2% smarter than average, right? And they want you to know. Here you are supposed to play along until a better time arrives for you to display your superiority, not in the form of cockiness, but out of necessity. Whatever you do, there's no point in picking a fight with someone who thinks they're smarter than you when they're not. You will lose such a fight with the Dunning-Kruger people. Arrogance isn't fought with arrogance but with independence. The cognitive elite must be ready to think independently from what others might say or do. You might scold a dog for being stupid but unlike dogs, dumb people can hold grudges and will seek revenge. When you were young, you may not have been aware of your above-average intelligence other than the fact that each time you opened your mouth, your peers stared back at you in disbelief or with anxiety, anger or frustration or simply with dismissal. Most people respond to the things they cannot understand with either ridicule or aggression. In fact, for some time, you may have believed that you were the stupid kid. If no one understands a word of what you're saying, you mustn't be very smart, right? Uh, Let's see, how come Middle Eastern people have thousand years older civilization than Europeans? Well, they don't. We had the bell beaker culture around their time. We also had civilization. It's not like we didn't have civilization. And also, I think civilization started actually in Mesopotamia, that's Iraq and so on, right? Uh, and then it spread out to the world. But people here also had civilization. We had the Bell Beaker culture, we had the Yamnaya. They had civilization, you know. So a mate of mine just can't comprehend hypothetical questions and just can't listen to his story. <laughs> yeah, that presumes he must have like an IQ below 85 or so. You can just guess, you know. You have to stimulate your brain and reading books is a great way yeah reading books for children makes them a lot smarter yeah definitely a smart kid can be bedazzled to think it's stupid it takes some time to let go of this belief in authority in order to develop one's skill one's abilities and one's mind every child needs supportive guidance but high cognitive kids are unlikely to receive the right support from their less able parents and teachers Even the best teachers who love supporting children will feel offended when a child outsmarts them or rapidly cuts to the chase of a carefully crafted